uh, Exodus, the sixth chapter, and we start with verse 2. It says, The Lord spoke with Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I, re- I revealed myself to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Yaakov out as El Shaddai, but I did not make myself known to them by my name, and it would be Yudkei Vavkei. Okay? He says, Yet I established my covenant with them to give them the uh, land of Canaan and the land of sojourning in which they sojourned. We'll stop right there because I would like to talk for a moment about how Hashem makes Himself known and how He made Himself known to the patriarchs, how He made Himself known to the Israelites are are two different facets of, of, of knowing Him. And then I would like to break it down at the end and say, how did Hashem make Himself known to you and I? I had a rabbi ask me today, what was my... Um, um, observation as to the number of people coming out from the nations to embrace Torah, either converting or being B'nai Noach, Ger, whatever. And was it increasing? Was it decreasing? What was it doing? And I said, you know, it's just been, it's a steady pace. Uh, so, something's happening and Hashem is revealing Himself. And this, it's not because anyone uh, person or group or Keruv organization or Jewish organization is knocking on the doors of families saying, hey, do you know anything about Moshe and do you know anything about the Torah and would you like to accept it into your life? No one's doing that. Yet thousands of people are asking questions over and over from many people from Rabbi Singer to Rabbi Skobach, uh, myself. Uh, you just go through the list of people who are struggling, what do we do, where do we go, do we uh, move to a Jewish community, do we convert, do we not convert, and all of these struggling back and forth, and and to find out, even uh, with one of our newest families that just have started here, have Jewish ancestry and didn't know it, until they started coming here and started doing the research. What's happening is God is revealing Himself to the nations. Now the question that I would have is, is it the same way that the patriarchs received it, and it's the same way that Israel received it. That's a legitimate question. What was the difference between the way the patriarchs received Torah and the way Israel, I mean, received uh, and knew God, and how did Israel know God? Can anybody give me a, a help me describe what that would be? Well, it says, uh, matter of fact, Rav Nisam of Gaon uh, developed this sort of principle, uh, concept of divinity, which is attainable through rational thought. The concept of God is known only in the consciousness of feeling. Now, I really don't understand because he wrote this between uh, somewhere around uh, 990 to 1000 something. I don't know what he means about the consciousness of feeling. But this idea is that uh, the patriarchs received their knowledge of God through natural means, through, through nature itself. God revealed himself through nature. I mean, through sort of intuitive natural means. Intuition. And what is the intuition but prophecy? They received it through prophecy. What was the difference with the children of Israel? They saw God speak to them, transcending nature itself, bringing out, uh, taking all of creation itself at Mount Sinai, 
and all of a sudden Torah is revealed in the firmament, in the air. It transcends it. It's like supernatural. They experienced God. Now in Judaism, we don't talk much about having an, an experience with God. Correct. What is our experience with God? Everyday life. Everyday life. Our experience is actually serving God in our life, serving through the Torah, living out a life that is a life of goodness. I had a couple ask me today, they said that since they have left Christianity, they're not sure how to raise their children and to teach them the ways of God, because if I'm not Jewish, do we do, you know, the Jewish stuff? And I said, look, common sense tells us that there are moral values that we can follow. Study the Torah and teach the moral values of the Torah. And teach your children. But the most important thing is to know God and to live in a relationship that is full of the knowledge of God. The whole point of this is the rest of the pagan world, they were following after many deities, right? They would worship the stars, the moon, etc. They sacrificed to many different deities. As a matter of fact, most of the culture back then, they would claim to be uh, monotheist. In their way. I don't know if you knew that, but most of them claim to be monotheist in their own way. As a matter of fact, there's a whole Christian, uh, all the Christian groups today call themselves monotheist in some way. Right? Even though they believe in a triune God. Now, the difference is, is this, this, this um, um, idea of monotheism and the knowledge of God from the Christian point of view it is simply a philosophical thing. It's not about their life and their connection with God. The difference between the Jewish connection and your connection with God and the knowledge of God is that you have pinpointed a place in your life in which you connected to God through the knowledge that He gave the patriarchs and Israel. I was not physically at Sinai, per se, you know, in my age. But there is some knowledge that says that it's possible that each one of the souls that have gathered in the end of days were souls that were out Mount Sinai. So in some aspect, why is it that you and I are in this room and all of our friends and neighbors are not in this room? Is it because they're dumber than us? No, no sorry, not, that's a no. Yeah, that's not on camera, that's all right. <laughs> right, so why, why are they not here? Is it because maybe they don't they're not as spiritual as us. Pretty simple. It's pretty simple. What do you think the simplicity of this thing is? Do you want to know God or not? Right. I think that that is the secret. This is not about God picking and choosing. He's not precocious. Uh, precocious. How do you say that? Capricious. Sounds like a drink that kids drink. Capricious son. God is not capricious. He doesn't go around and say, well, I'll pick you and you, but none of you. The reason why the patriarchs and Israel's relationship with God, the difference between El Shaddai and seeing the yud heh vav written in the firmament was because he wanted to select a kingdom of priests. He wanted a nation of priests who would eventually bring the knowledge of God to the world, to the nations. That's the whole goal of this thing. Now, when it says that he chose them, it didn't mean that the rest of the nations are just out of luck. You're just not the luckiest guy in the world. And what it means is that Judaism is the source for the nation's connection to God. 
Now, all of us in this room and those who watch on 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 YouTube are going are people generally that have figured that out. That one day woke up and said, "There's got to be a connection that's much more authentic than where I'm at," and you begin to connect. But there was a knowledge of God that came down that became so powerful that you were willing to give up everything that you had to obtain that knowledge. You were willing to, in some cases, you lose your job, you lose your money, you could lose friends, you could lose family over this one issue. And it has to be a pretty good reason. You must have found some pretty valuable treasure that would cause you to want to do this. Because other than that, I'm going to give you the words of Rabbi Ari Rabinowitz. I mean, uh, uh, Abramowitz. Ari Abramowitz sat with me the first time I told him where I was going. I was still in, in the Iglesia. And he said, you need your head checked. I said, why? He goes, because nobody in their right mind does this. <laughs> oh no, it was. It was very like I was like, "Are you serious?" He goes, "No." He said, "Well, I'm, look." I, he says, I'm, "I'm joking, but really, you should go visit a therapist first, because where you're going, what what you're getting ready to do is is monumental, and you it's it's just too much. I, I'm not sure that you should do this." Now, obviously, he was very encouraging after that and has continued to be a very encouraging person in my life. But the point is, when you taste of the knowledge of God, that God gives for those who seek after Him, it's, I, I, there's no words to, to describe the great beauty and the value behind that. Someone asked me, one day, if I had ever, what would would I ever consider not, you know, divorcing myself from this knowledge? And it would just be impossible. How would you, how would you divorce yourself from the knowledge of God, especially after now? You can't do it. It'd be easier to cut your hand. Back. It would be much easier. That's what it says. If I forget Jerusalem, may the right, yes, may our right hand forget what it's about to do. So thank God that when we read this parashot. And we read how God says that the patriarchs knew me as El Shaddai, which, you know, in, in reality, when we see the word El Shaddai, um, it's about God being omnipresent. They discovered God. They understood that he was complete. Now, we often will quote the word El Shaddai, meaning he takes care of all of my problems, right? That's one explanation. But it's more than that. It's more than... El Shaddai and make sure I have a paycheck in my wallet every week. It's more than that. It's the patriarchs understood that everything exists because He is. The patriarchs discovered that though God said this is the land I will give you, they had to scratch and fight for every inch to keep it. Abraham had to pay a lot of money to make sure that his wife and his ancestors were to be buried in that cave. His children. They discovered and knew God as the one who was sufficient and complete in what he said he would do. But they never saw the promise that God said that your children will inherit the land. None of them. However, the children of Israel had to find themselves before they could be um, 
before they could experience uh, redemption, they had to be in captivity. And I think that's the odd, the, 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 sort of the weird thing about this is that you really can't appreciate freedom until you've been in jail for a while. You can't really appreciate being fit until you've been unfit for most of your life. You really can't appreciate having good health until you've had bad health in your life. And you can talk about it all you want, but if you haven't gone through that, you don't know. It's like someone who's lost a, a son or a daughter. Think about this. I've never lost a son or a daughter. Thank God. For me to stand and say, I know how you feel, is foolish. Because I don't know how they feel. And at the same time, we look in our walk with God. We, we sort of, in our journey with God began to plug into the source that God intended for the nations to plug into. And that was the Jewish knowledge of God. Not the Buddhist, not the Christian, not the Hindu, but the Jewish knowledge of God. It's always been there the whole time. We've danced around it, we've told stories from the book, and we never tapped into the very divine knowledge that God had intended for us to have until today. So what is God doing in this day? What he's doing, I don't understand on the mystical level. I can only tell you on the practical level. Now, there are great uh, students of the Kabbalah and the Zohar that can explain to you about the divine sparks that from Adam were scattered throughout all the world and the nations. And at the end of days, they're being gathered up and they're being fanned. The, fl uh, the fl flame of that spark has been fanned and you know, great fires of holiness is rising up in redemption. Oh, that's great. All I can tell you is people like yourselves will call me and say, the craziest thing happened. And then they start explaining that they were missionaries in the Philippines. And they started studying and they felt uneasy. They didn't know something's not right. They can't put their finger on it. Maybe it's in this part of the Christian religion. So they started studying this part of the Christian religion. I think it was... Reform, uh, some something. And then they started another part, and another part of Christianity. Then they decide, let's quit being missionaries, because we, we got to figure this out. So they quit being missionaries. For three years, they sat on the side and studied. As a matter of fact, his wife studied atheism. She said, that didn't work. I figured that out real quick. And then finally he said, we came across your videos. Then we came across Rabbi Singer's videos. Then we came across Rabbi Skobach's videos. All of a sudden, something just caught fire, and I can't explain it. But we're here. What do we do? And I'm thinking, wow, join the rest of us who are here doing the same thing. And, and this is about the evident sign that God is still in the business of revealing himself to the world. And if you want to know Hashem... The only reason why one does not know Hashem is because you have not sought after Hashem. The prophet Jeremiah says that if you seek Him with your whole heart, He shall be found. Pretty simple. Seek. Find. You observe. Whatever you seek, that's what you get. And I am so thankful to Hashem that He's put us in this position to be able to study the Torah to be able to encourage other people to know that God is still in the business of parting out His divine knowledge to the nations. And it is through the study of Torah that we really begin to know who God is. 
And it's through the study of Torah that we re- begin to understand His attributes and His essence. It is through the study of Torah that we find ourselves being uh, elevated to a, a, a much higher level. It is an amazing thing to, to listen to a lecture, and when you're finished, you almost feel like, like I can't even explain it, like exhilarated, like you something's happened in your brain, and it's not an emotion. It's like... If something happens in your brain that you feel, wow, I, that I needed to hear that today. I decided to watch a lecture on something that I'm not really, I don't get into philosophy. Right? But it was a Jewish discussion of morality and philosophy. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a yarner, but i got to try at least put my attempt to go through this. And as I began to listen, he was doing comparative thought on morality as far as what the nations, how they define morality and how it's actually innate. We all have innate moral moral compass, unless you're mental, okay? But generally, even prisoners have morals, right? They have, they call the, the, the uh, what do they call it? The honor code, the code, right? Even the bad guys have some kind of code. But he talks about the fact that God has put within every human being this ability to know what is what is moral. And but the difference would be is what does what does the Jewish mindset say about morality? It was very interesting. I wouldn't have thought that I would have even been interested in it. So what I'm saying is this: don't limit the source of where God gives you his divine knowledge. I didn't know God. And I, my entire life, I, I used to tell everybody, you know, I know God. You know God? Do you know the Lord? Right? We'd all say that. I didn't know him like I know him now. I knew of him. I was familiar with him. But I know him now as he seeks to be known. Because, my friend, that is exactly the secret of God making himself known to us is that we must seek him as he desires to be done. That concludes this year. Now we can get into